0: I have so many things to talk to you about. Yeah,
1: I've been gone. You've
0: been gone. Since you've been gone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I can breathe for the first time. I'm just kidding. I can (laughs) breathe around you. It's fine. Um, But I have so many thoughts. You know that scene in The Office where Jim comes back and um, (laughs) Kelly Kapoor is like, Jim, Jim, I have so much to tell you. And then she talks about pop culture. Mm-hmm. That's me right now. Perfect. Um, But it's old pop culture news. Okay. So I rewatched Crazy Stupid Love over yeah. the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of things to say about that, mm-hmm. I hope, coming in an Unpopular Opinions episode. However, before we get into, like, the nitty-gritty... Yes. I went on, like, a deep dive okay. of Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone interviews. Okay. And... I have breaking information. Yes. You know the scene... You've seen that movie? Mm-hmm. Okay. You know the scene where they play Dirty Dancing? Yes. That was Ryan Gosling's idea. Oh. Because he knew he could do that move.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that makes me love Ryan Gosling or I hate Ryan Gosling. I think
0: it's the most Ryan Gosling yeah, meme eg- thing... Exactly. ...to be a real thing. So apparently... The director was like, we need his big, like, he needs to have a big move, but we don't know what it should be. And Ryan Gosling was like, well, I can do the dirty dancing move.
1: Oh, no. <laughs> That's, it's peak Gosling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yes.
0: That, like, and I cannot believe somehow that news missed me completely. So I'm bringing it to you now. Seven <sighs> years later, I think.
1: I was going to say, I think I was in, I was definitely in college in the F- movie. Five half. to seven years and later. I graduated from college five and a half years yeah, ago. here we are. Here we are. Yeah. Hmm. I have a weird story about seeing that movie, because I think I saw it by myself.
0: In the theater? In
1: the theater. Exactly. Or, no, 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 no. I saw it with a friend from high school that I hadn't seen in a long time. Aww. Yeah, that's what it was. But afterward, I ran into these two girls in downtown West Palm in City Place, if you're familiar. And they were in town for a Lil Wayne concert and were lost and could not find their hotel. And I could tell that they were lost, and I was trying to be a good Samaritan, do the nice thing, and so I approached these two girls at midnight.
0: Thanks. That's what every girl wants.
1: Alone in downtown Los Palm. How'd West you know? <laughs> I mean, and I am I am a non-threatening figure. That's
0: true. I mean, you are tall. Right. What's and I thing? and I and
1: I slowly approached, and I was like, "Hi!" I swear, I'm not like a murderer or anything. Um, but I heard you talking, and I know where that hotel is, and I can. Take you there, and they were like, You
0: know, that's what Ted Bundy said.
1: I know, and I was like, I'm a serial killer, but I'm not. And they did end up getting in my car, and I drove them to their hotel. Oh
0: my gosh, I'm literally reading the Ted Bundy book right now, and that is (laughs) straight out of that book.
1: And I mean, thankfully for them, I am not a monster, but what if I had been? Bad move, ladies. Bad move, ladies. Crazy, stupid movie. <laughs> Episode 144 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, and I haven't slept in three weeks.
0: And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia how you doing? I got clear glasses.
1: You did get clear glasses. What up? I had a whole conversation about it um, (laughs) when I saw the Instagram and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to go to work. I don't know how I'm going to look at Annie ever again.
0: I got two pairs of glasses. She has
1: betrayed my trust. What
0: did I wear today?
1: You wore clear glasses. -uh. No, these are not my clear glasses. glasses. They look pretty clear to These are
0: you goob. Look, (laughs) look.
1: They're, They're like, off, off, clear. I wore I them, them just
0: for you because I vowed not to wear clear glasses around you or my husband. You did vow that, so I'm not wearing them okay. around you. Okay,
1: you're you're you skirting the line here.
0: <laughs> These are clearly shell. <laughs> yeah. They're they're tan. They're tan. They're, they're flesh.
1: They're they're clear tan. O- off, clear.
0: Whatever. <laughs> My point is, I got clear glasses, and I don't care what anybody says, I love them, but I'm not wearing them around you, because I made a vow.
1: Meanwhile, I am wearing glasses today, which is atypical.
0: Should take our picture.
1: Glasses day. (laughs) Mine's because I'm rationing contacts, because I don't want to go to the eye doctor.
0: Mine's because I can't put things in my eye. Yeah. Can't do it.
1: Welcome back. Anyway, thanks. Feel like I've been gone forever. Feel like I'm about to leave again. You are. I am. I'm gonna leave. In <laughs> you the don't morning. feel that
0: way. You you are. I'm that literally way.
1: doing that. Uh, I have to drive to Atlanta by myself tomorrow. <sighs> I know.
0: I'm driving to Atlanta in a couple of weeks. I think I can say this because Jordan doesn't listen to the podcast, but I'm surprising him for his birthday early with a trip oh, to. Nice. Atlanta, um, overnight to go to the College Football Hall of Fame. Oh, that's fun. So, um, but I'm not looking for it. I'm going to drive because he doesn't know anything. And so, I mean, he's smart, but he doesn't know anything about this.
1: <laughs> what is, I mean, does he have a, a... No. Oh, so... All he
0: literally knows is, hey, make sure you're off work on the 10th and 11th. Cool. I mean, it's Veterans Day weekend. That's why I'm
1: doing it. Gotcha. So if right. he has oh, off work yeah. on the 10th. 11th 11th.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Armistice Day. Yes. Yeah. So we're going, coming back to be back in time... We're only going a night. It's the bookshelf's busy season, so it's going to be a whirlwind. Yeah. But I hate driving to... All that to say, I sympathize with you because I hate driving to Atlanta. It's the worst. Is there anything worse?
1: Um, I mean, there are. Driving in Atlanta.
0: Oh, yeah. Which you also, do you also get to do?
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, because my, uh, my, my hotel's downtown.
0: Right. Smack dab in right the middle there. of the action. Mm-hmm. Mm.
1: So that'll be fun. I'll figure that out. I do at least get, like, good fancy dinner tomorrow.
0: Okay. I mean, that
1: I have to pay for but still, it's a treat, Whatever.
0: Yeah, just enjoy it. Don't think about it too much. That's
1: exactly right. So, it's time, like it is every month, for a reading recap. Yes! What are some things that you read this month? And honestly, like, typically I have a good idea of what you read in a given month, but we have not... Oh, We've so been say, ships in the night. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, um, So I have no
1: idea what you've read this month.
0: Good. Well, and plus I'm behind on posting them to Instagram. Sure. So I think most of these will be new for you.
1: Okay. Um, so where'd you start?
0: I started with Thanks, Obama.
1: Right. I do remember this one because we talked about this in the um, From the Front Porch newsletter.
0: Oh, yeah. This is right. one of your
1: quick reviews. Yeah.
0: So some of these you'll recognize from that. Um, Thanks, Obama is by one of his speechwriters, David Litt. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I don't... I... How do I even say the things? There's a lot going on in our world. True. Um, but, regardless of your politics, mm-hmm. I find political memoirs to be fascinating. Yep. And after every, you know, president terms out,
1: mm-hmm. we
0: get, like, this plethora this
1: deluge. of
0: memoirs. Uh-huh. And I am a sucker for them all. Um, and that would be the case no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. I just am intrigued by it. But... President Obama is an especially intriguing character because our current president looks very different from him in terms of not just politics, but leadership style, yeah. speech-giving style. And so, Thanks Obama is a really interesting look at, from the speechwriter's perspective, and this speechwriter was like 29 years right, old, yeah. which nothing makes you feel like you have accomplished less mm-hmm. than finding out the oldest person that was working in the White House under President Obama was like 40... Uh, the oldest person was like 40 years old.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Um,
0: But this book is fascinating because it's like... Yeah, it's like reading about the West Wing, come to life. And um, read life. Yeah, so I thoroughly enjoyed it. But one thing I did want to say is that I think... And maybe I said this in my quick recap in our newsletter. I think there is one chapter in this book that is a must-read from for a speech class. Like mm-hmm. it is, it should be talked about in college level or high school level speech classes. Um, because it's all kind of about rhetoric and what works for what audience. And it's not written like a textbook. It just would be really valuable reading. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, if you are a fan of the West wing, if you like me are obsessed with political memoirs or like behind the scenes, like I think I'm just a sucker for anything like, yeah, give me the behind the scenes on DC and what's going on up there. Right. Like that's what this is.
1: How would you compare it to Alyssa Mastermonico's book? Yeah.
0: I liked, I think I am probably more similar to Alyssa. Sure. <laughs> um, so I really appreciated her perspective. Uh, I liked David Litt's comedic sensibilities. Sure. Actually, both of them are really funny writers. Yeah. Um, but I thought David Litt gave an interesting perspective from, the, truly from the speechwriter side. So you feel like you're reading about C- Sam Seaborn.
1: That's fun. Yeah.
0: you It, it really does, because she was more chief of staff right, kind of yeah. stuff. And you can tell, they're doing very different things. Like, I was, look, I'm an idiot. I had no idea that, like, not everybody works in the West Wing. Right. Like, he was off in a different area for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, like... Anyway, he talks about that. He talks about working on the campaign because he was like an er, like as a col- college student. Mm-hmm. He like worked on the campaign and stuff like that. So I still think Alyssa, how do you say it, Master Monaco? Monaco. She her book would be. I still stand by. Fantastic for graduating seniors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really great, like almost gift advice type book. Um, although not written in that format, right. just, she's seems like a really wise person who has a lot to say about professionalism and career development. And then this is more fun anecdotal memoir, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what next?
0: Sunburn by Laura Lipman.
1: Okay. What is that? Okay.
0: So Laura Lippman writes a lot of like suspense novels mm-hmm. and people love her. Um, I think she's great, but I don't read a ton of her. Like I think some people buy into her. Like I have bought into a ton of French, like read everything she Mm -hmm. writes. I do not read everything she writes. However, at Siba, they were giving out this as an ARC and my friends from avid bookshop. Um, I say friends, but really people with similar reading tastes who I secretly stalk and admire. Acquaintances. Yeah. They, they told me, Oh, Annie, you've got to grab this one because Tyler Goodson, one of their Mm -hmm. employees, he and I have similar reading tastes, I think. And so he, Kind of said, oh, you've got to take that one. So I was like, okay, and it is very. I think it's being, uh, it's going to be promoted as kind of noir, like mm-hmm. it feels like an old black and white gotcha, movie. Yeah. I mean, it. I mean, it's modern. It's mm-hmm. a modern story.
1: It's got like the tone of a noir. Yeah,
0: because it's got this woman who's being. Spied on, but she doesn't know she's being spied on. Mm-hmm. Is spied? Yeah. Is that the. Mm-hmm. Does that sound weird out loud? No. That past tense, spied? Mm-hmm. Mm, does to me. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, it's basically about this young woman who leaves her husband for reasons you will find out while reading the book. Mm-hmm. And she's starting a new life. And then this man, she kind of falls in love with this man, but little does she know that the man is actually a private investigator uh-huh. who's been sent to find her. That makes sense. So that, it feels very, yeah, you see like black and white. Do you know what I'm doing? Did you uh, understand yeah, that mm-hmm. voice? Okay. That's what it feels like. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed this one. It's a good vacation book. <laughs> I've had a lot of Halloween candy today. <laughs> oh,
1: I've been watching. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, Sunburn. It's a good suspense, but honestly it feels, it doesn't feel like typical, suspense novel it feels a little more literary
1: it's a a throwback
0: yeah yeah and really enjoyable one and the cover's really cool cool so i think that one's um you can put in the show notes but i think it's not coming out till like january february
1: that sounds fun all right what next
0: okay more political stuff i'm sorry guys i'm gonna kick I don't
1: it's November now
0: yeah Uh, Unbelievable by Katie Tur Mm -hmm. here's what I loved about this one Katie Tur is I'm assuming that's how you pronounce her last name T-U-R she is an NBC news correspondent she was a foreign correspondent Mm -hmm. for years and back in like 2012, 2013, must have been 2012. Uh, NBC kind of called her and said, Hey, we need somebody to cover Donald Trump is running for president. Mm -hmm. Can you just come cover him? Yes, I remember this. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. And they told like it was just going to be come cover him for this one event, which and then ballooned the
1: rest of the world happened, yes. Mm -hmm.
0: So it's her perspective on kind of being on that beat, and and like she had to fight to be on that beat because right, she yeah. was a foreign correspondent. Mm-hmm. She only was supposed to cover him for like a couple of weeks,
1: but then she wasn't gonna give it up. When no, she, got it. she fought for <laughs>
0: it, and he was super hard on her. In fact, I went back and watched some YouTube videos of some interviews that he did with her. Um, He was just rather cruel to her in her interviewing To
1: a woman? I know. And a reporter? (laughs)
0: I'm on the floor. So, I just, look, I think I said before, I was a journalism major in undergrad, and no, like, I didn't go to some prestigious journalism school, but I am a news junkie, Mm -hmm. and especially the world we're living in now, Mm -hmm. news has completely changed, but there is still something fascinating about cable, not cable news, about regular news networks like NBC. And reading the perspective of this woman who covered this campaign, and everyone else around her mm-hmm. was saying, Oh, he's not going to be president. And she was predicted like, no, no, yeah, no, no, no. Because she went to all his rallies and mm-hmm. she saw all these things. And so I found this to be captivating. Yeah. A couple of random things. When I read books, I really notice grammar because mm-hmm. I used to be a copy editor. um, they were like two or three grammatical errors in this book. And I looked at the publisher and it's a major publisher. Right. I don't know how they missed them. Yeah. That bothers me. And
1: it's like, it wasn't a galley No, or this wasn't mm. a galley.
0: This had already come out. So I'm super intrigued by mm-hmm. that. Um, and I don't know if it's just, this was a book that came out quickly, quickly right? or what, but that's just a side interesting tidbit. Um, I have already hand sold this one in the store and I'm always careful about where you are. Like, I don't know where everyone is politically. Mm-hmm. But if you are interested in news, I don't necessarily think who you voted for matters on this one. Mm -hmm. Now, she says some... I mean, she saw a lot of things. And she doesn't hide about what she saw and what she heard. Um, But I just was completely captivated by her perspective and her story. There's even this random-seeming chapter in there about her parents and what background she had to become a reporter Mm. that I just thought was really interesting. So if you're into news like I am, this is well-written and informative and interesting.
1: That sounds really cool. It was Um. really good. I wonder if there's an audio version, because I think it oh, would be fun to listen to. That would
0: be... A, I hope she narrates it. That would be a fun one to listen to. I'm
1: going I'm to look that up after the show. Yeah. Um. Next one is one I do know about, Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. Yes. Haven't read it, but I did listen to his interview on Fresh Air, and it sounds great.
0: Yes. And we've talked about John Green yeah. at length on And how, podcast. like, I don't
1: care for his writing, typically, but right. I like him.
0: Right. So, I... Love John Green as a person. I think mm-hmm. he does incredible things mm-hmm. for libraries, bookstores, for education. Um, but you and I have talked before, and I love John Green books, but a lot of them do feel similar. Yeah. He's writing very similar characters. Um, even if the plot lines are very different, mm-hmm. the characters are similar. Here's what I loved about Turtles all the way down. Yes, you still have like the quirky teenagers. But I mean, he essentially is writing a book. That features a character with mental mental illness mm-hmm. without making it feel like an issues book, right? You know, like a yeah. special mm-hmm. episode of Seventh Heaven or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, a very special episode. Yeah. So, he, I I don't know if I told you this, but the New York Times book review of this book I thought was spot on. The first couple of chapters are a little slow mm-hmm. going, and then once you kind of get the rhythm of his character's voices, Mm -hmm. you do fall in love with them again. I had to keep putting this book down. Mm -hmm. It made me physically ill.
1: Because there's a whole thing about like she's afraid of being colonized by foreign bacteria.
0: Yes. So she has really obsessive thoughts. Right. And what made what made me have to put the book down is her obsessive thoughts were like making me obsessive. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. The New York Times book reviewer I thought put this beautifully Whoever wrote the review said something like, it is as if John Green decided that if Asia has to live with her thoughts being this way, so do we. Mm. Like, he is relentless in how he writes about this. He does not let up. Um, and you, as the reader, feel a little bit like you're drowning in it. And so I had every intention of, like, reading this in one sitting. That did not happen. Mm-hmm. Um But I think it is his best one since Looking for Alaska. Awesome. I love Looking for Alaska. uh, But I thought this... You can tell... I think you can tell that it's very personal to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, The interviews he has given. Kind of reiterate that. He
1: talked about his own obsessive compulsive tendencies. Exactly. And how after he finished Fault in Our Stars, he, like, got very sick. Yeah. And, like, had to retreat from public life for a bit. Yes. And that this book kind of came out of that.
0: And I really love that, at least in some interviews he has given, he said... After Fault in Our Stars, he was obviously concerned about having to write another book and he felt a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. So he went off his medication thinking Mm -hmm. that would unfog his brain. Mm. And you hear a lot of times writers and artists talk about, Oh, the medication makes it worse or it makes it makes me less creative. And I really appreciated that. He's being a voice of actually Actually, that just made it worse. Yeah. That was Mm -hmm. a bad idea. And I'm really grateful for him for saying that because I have people in my life who I love who put off medication for so long and now that they're on it, they're who they're supposed to be um but they put it off because i think they thought it was going to make them someone else and so anyway i just really appreciate his voice and i thought turtles all the way down was fantastic yeah
1: i actually i I think i might read this one
0: i told jordan to read it Mm -hmm. um i think jordan will really like it so
1: i love the interview um so that sounds great and also i love the reference in the title to terry pratchett's Discworld series um i'm sure that comes out in the novel somewhere yeah I just know it from loving <laughs> Terry Pratchett. Um, what's the next one? Okay. Fire Sermon?
0: Fire Sermon. Okay, yeah. By Jamie Quattro. You would like this book.
1: Uh-huh.
0: It's so good. You
1: give me uh, an advance Oh, did copy. I? Yep. Okay. So I do have one. I know
0: you're super busy. I, yeah. So maybe in the new year. <laughs> uh,
1: December. Talk <laughs> yeah. to me in December. Yeah.
0: Um, move this one to the top of your list. Mm-hmm. So this book does not come out until January 9th, I believe.
1: I think, yeah, that sounds right.
0: Who knows if this could be potentially... A shelf subscription pick. Okay. I don't know. It's still really early.
1: I have my January picked. But you do? But other people may not.
0: so... So, okay, so there you go. But Fire Sermon, I did read this one in, like, two sittings. It is very... It's a Graphic? Very, yes. Yeah. It's a very sexual book. No,
1: I, re- I just read the blurb, and oh. I was like, oh, my. Um. <laughs> I am blushing.
0: Yeah, yes. I think I blushed a lot while reading it. However, and normally...
1: Yeah, that's normally not your thing.
0: Well, and if it was just that, Uh it would not be my thing. Right. But it's not. Uh So it is a novel written about this woman who is a wife and mother, and she marries very young, Mm -hmm. Um, and has children, and now she's, like, a professor, and she's an adult, and she starts corresponding, like, writing letters to this man whose books she's read, and she really admires him, and so they start writing back and Mm -hmm. forth. And they have this lovely friendship. Um, I love books that are about male and female friendships. Yeah. Uh, This takes a turn. (laughs) Uh, This does not stay about platonic male and female friendships. that's
1: disappointing to Um, me, but...
0: Yes, they are very attracted to each other, Mm -hmm. and things progress from there, Uh and it is fairly graphic, Uh Um, but it is not the whole novel. Like, there are just scenes in it that were very, whew, a lot, Uh but beautifully written, really well written, because they are writing, so the the woman who's kind of the protagonist, she is a Christian, and she talks about... Faith and how faith affects her work, and her husband is not really. He like goes to church with her, but he's not. He doesn't really believe, and he doesn't demean her beliefs. But she can't. She feels like she can't talk to him about the deepness and the questions and the the things that she thinks about on a daily basis. And this other man can. So I really thought that was interesting mm-hmm. to almost pit this affair against this kind of devout Christian mm-hmm. woman who it should be against her conscience. And it is, you see that she struggles with it, but she decides to go ahead with this affair anyway. None of this is spoilers. It's all pretty much right there on the front cover. Yeah. Um I don't know yet who I will sell this one to. Right.
1: But you're going to try. But
0: I'm going to try because because you get you almost you see some of their correspondence and so you get these really lovely kind of theological mm. Lessons in literature mm-hmm. and uh, and theology I don't know I just really those parts of it especially were really wonderful um it's but it is uh it'll make you blush
1: yeah alright so <laughs> I, I'll, I'll get back to you on that yeah, and then we'll that. just have like a very hushed conversation
0: <laughs> we'll save it for Patreon yeah pay for this privilege <laughs> but, but
1: pay for hearing Chris and Annie talk <laughs> In a really embarrassed way. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Um, Tell me three things.
0: Oh, Julie Buxbaum. This was a YA novel I picked up.
1: Right, yeah. Pretty
0: much because my friend Kim kind of was like, Annie, you need to read this right now. And I did need to read it right now. What a lovely little book. So it came out a couple years ago. I'm sure it is now in paperback, We still uh, have a sale copy in yeah, hardback on our sale card, so just FYI. Um, but it is about this young woman. She's a high school student. She moves from Chicago to California because her mother has died and her father has remarried. And she moves and goes to this prep school in California, and she is completely lost. And the first day, this person emails her anonymously and asks if she would like help in navigating her high school, her new high school. Okay. And it bothers her because it does come across as like a little weird and stalkery. Like, are you watching me? Mm -hmm. Like, it's odd. Um, He stays anonymous through much of the novel, but of course, she kind of falls in love with who this guy is because he's helping her navigate the halls of this new high school and he helps her find friends, but the whole time you don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is very, you've got mail because they're strangers emailing and they fall in love through email. And I... Just love that. <laughs> I, th- I just love falling in love through writing because I feel like so right. much of who I am expresses itself best through writing. Oh, same.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: and so I thought I this was a lovely little romantic comedy, but to just call it a lovely little romantic comedy sounds demeaning. Sure. Uh, it also deals a lot with the grief and the loss she faces after the death of her mother. Right. Um, and about what it's like to move across country and have your life uprooted and the conversations she has with her father are really interesting. And it just felt like a really well thought out, well constructed book that just happens to be YA. So fantastic. Waffles play a role. Waffles. So waffles plus you've got mail is essentially. That's, what this oh is. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy.
1: In your wheelhouse.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, last one. Classic. Agatha Christie. Murder. On, on the Google Orient Express. Express um movie coming out very soon.
0: That's why this is a book club book.
1: Okay, cool. So
0: my book club read it cuz we're all going to see the movie together. Fun. Uh yeah, anything, think that'll be fun. I w- waited until the day of my book club mm-hmm. to read this book. It's quick. So I read it in 2 hours. Mm-hmm. I don't recommend that. Uh. Because this is not a ton of fr- a ton of French. I've named her twice, a, But this is not like a suspense page-turner novel. It's in a, my opinion. It's a cozy
1: mystery. This is
0: a cozy mystery. Mm-hmm. So my whole book club loved this book.
1: And you were like,
0: eh. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I felt bad because it's Agatha Christie. And oh my gosh, our staffer, Kate, has read all of the Agatha Christie
1: books. That is the least surprising thing <laughs> you've ever told me.
0: She's read them all. I love that. Um, She had to read one in school and then just was like, I'll just read all these while we're at it which <laughs> that's very is, kat- it is so kate, but it, w- it was fascinating to me so anyway and kate recommended a couple of other titles mm-hmm. to me that i might have preferred mm-hmm. i think i would have liked this if i You're weren't just taking
1: your time yes yeah. if
0: i weren't like rushing through it basically to figure out who done it um i mean i was like speed reading yes i'm a fast reader but i was like maniac turning <laughs> pages um have you read agatha christie no. I don't know if I've she's I've seen one of them in
1: like a play form.
0: I saw and then there were none. That's
1: it. Yeah. Yep, I did that one. Yeah. Um, in high school probably.
0: Yeah. I saw, Thomas will put on a production of that a few years ago. I went and saw it. I just don't know. I'm wondering if the cozy mystery genre is for me.
1: I know that it's not for me. Yeah. I don't think it's for me.
0: Because you know what I went out and bought literally the day I finished this? Bring me that Ted Bundy. Oh, Serial yeah. killer book. That's oh, what I'm reading went right now? I looked at my book club. I was like, this wasn't dark enough for me. So I'm about to go real dark.
1: I want gruesome <laughs> murder. Murder on the Oregon Express. I want...
0: Not murdery enough for
1: dismemberment me. Dismemberment. Yeah. Limbs everywhere. I
0: want it all. So, <laughs> which I think just shows me versus my book club in some ways.
1: <laughs> sure. And, like, maybe that's the title of your memoir.
0: <laughs> me versus my book club.
1: <laughs> That's pretty good right
0: That is good um so yeah i thought murder on the Orient express was fine but my book club adored it and we're gonna go see the movie i'm very nervous about the movie there's yeah. too many random stars in that movie. so many
1: stars so I many wonder... stars but
0: random yeah. michelle pfeiffer where are you coming from
1: <laughs> where have you been girl? where have you
0: been and then who else oh, johnny depp go away
1: yeah get out of here
0: and then uh ray star wars Ray. Oh,
1: Daisy Ridley? Daisy Ridley. <laughs> I was like, Romano? <laughs> you like,
0: I just kept repeating it Ray. until you could...
1: Star Wars.
0: <laughs> Ray you, Romano. Until you would come in.
1: Peter Boyle.
0: And then the guy with the... Ewan McGregor? You. I
1: love Ewan McGregor.
0: I do too, and Moulin Rouge.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and Star Wars.
0: Yeah, he's good in Star Wars, too.
1: He's the redeeming quality of all of the new three. Star Wars movies.
0: Yeah. Um. So, anyway, that is what I read in October... It is about to be the last two months of the year. I don't know how much reading is yeah. going to happen. Um,
1: and, you know, classically, we do a 2016 reading recap for December. That's right. Instead of trying to do December. Good. Because That's smart. we don't read in December. <laughs> no. Uh, That's good. Not, not a whole lot, anyway. No. And, you know, this is my busy time. So, what I read this month. I was
0: about to say, what'd you read?
1: Is just what I taught in my Women in Lit class. Okay. Um, so, it's all books I've talked about before on the podcast. There's a whole episode about it. Okay. Um. Well. <laughs> But i read pregnant butch by ak summers which my class did not love um partially because it was the first graphic text that i assigned like okay. graphic memoir
0: which is different it
1: is very different and when i pulled them 10 minutes into class when they were struggling to discuss it i learned that only three of them had ever read a graphic text before okay and i was like okay this explains the problem yeah um I am sorry. we could
0: have a good discussion about well, that.
1: Well, kind of, sort of. And we figured it out. Um, the other thing here is that Pregnant Butch wasn't originally written as a single text. <clears throat> it was published, I think, weekly over the course of a year. Okay. And was meant to be kind of... Like in a serial? Installments, a serial kind of thing. And so reading it all at once... It's different. Doesn't make a ton of sense. Okay. Um, I liked it. I thought it had some very interesting observations about, like... A self-identifying butch lesbian um, who decides to have a baby. Mm -hmm. And what this means for her as somebody who's never wanted to outwardly identify as specifically femme, Mm -hmm. um, and now, like, she has to do the most quote-unquote feminine thing that there is, Mm -hmm. um, and has to, like, make her body subjected to the public as this feminine being Mm -hmm. that she doesn't want to identify as. It was very interesting. Yeah. Um, The art style is... Crude is not the right word, but it's not, like, hyper-stylized. It's not like Alison Bechdel, where everything's okay. kind of beautiful and shaded. Yeah. It's kind of... It's quick. Okay. Um, the story's very interesting, but it's it doesn't have an arc. It doesn't okay. really have a resolution. It's just kind of a bunch of loose anecdotes.
0: Looking at her Looking at living through mm-hmm. this experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. And
1: I think it has some very worthwhile thoughts in it, but it's not high literature. Mm -hmm. It's not phenomenal. And Mm -hmm. my students were like, I don't know why you assigned this. It's not that good. And I was like, because it's still important.
0: (laughs) There are still things to discuss here. We can mine for material. There
1: are cultural reasons why things like this don't get big publications. Right. Right. And like, we need to study this precisely because it's not great. Right. You know? Um, But then we also read Alison Bechdel right after that um, with, are you my mother? And I forgot how difficult that book is.
0: I haven't read that
1: one. Um, so it's a follow-up to Fun Home. Right. And it's kind of a meta memoir about writing Fun Home. Okay. And how difficult that was for her and for her mother.
0: Okay.
1: Because she really just airs all of her mother's dirty laundry Yeah, in that book. she does. Um, And kind of realizes afterward, like, huh, that's going to put a strain on our relationship. Yeah, I
0: wonder how this affected her. <laughs> exactly.
1: Um, And so it's that, but it's also mixed with scenes from Alison Bechdel's own psychotherapy sessions. Okay. Every chapter starts with a dream.
0: Okay.
1: And it's really just this extended sequence of obsessions. Okay. And how her brain just gets fixated and fixated okay. and fixated and sometimes I'm not even sure that it's self-aware. Oh, uh, okay. Sometimes I think that she doesn't realize how neurotic this book really is.
0: Yeah.
1: Um and it's great. I love it. I identify with it as an obsessive person. Um, but it made me really reconsider, like, maybe I should get help, um, for some of this. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe this isn't healthy.
0: No, maybe you should go to a um, therapist. Maybe
1: I should, um, and that's something I've been talking about for years, and that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> but, on a related note, I reread The First Bad Man okay. by Miranda July, which is another book precisely about obsession. Yes. Um, and I love this book. I adore this book, and my students... We're very unsure Uh to begin because it is a weird book.
0: It is weird. I read it. You did? Yeah.
1: I didn't know you read that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah, they were not sure what to do with this. Yeah. And then once we got started talking, they had plenty to say because Cheryl, the narrator, is an interesting character.
0: I'm glad you're reading them in a class setting at least. Yes. So that instead of them reading them on their own, like, and not really having a place to ask the questions. Right. Like, and then just putting the book away and being like, oh, wish I hadn't read that. Like, yeah. this way they can at least talk about it and mine the jewels that are right. like there. And I
1: think there are several times this semester when I've had students who have come into class and I'm like, I hated this. Why did you assign this? And then we talk about it and they're like, oh, yes, this was very important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, okay, good. You made the shift. Yeah. That's all I really ask. Um And then the last thing I read this month, uh, last week, we read Medea by Euripides.
0: All right. um,
1: Which is, it was, you know, right before Halloween. Yeah. Uh, It was a good, fun thing. But we, I wanted to change the conversation because we talk about that one so much with, she kills her kids. Mm -hmm. Ah, Why did she do that? Um, Which is, you know, my entryway into this. But one thing that we forget when we talk about this is that it's really about, her being an outsider Mm. it's about her being foreign and not greek Mm. the fact that she is this barbarian woman that's been brought into their society she worships different gods she's never going to be accepted um her marriage with jason isn't even real or legally recognized because she's not greek Mm. and she's subhuman because
0: we don't talk talk about it right
1: yeah um and it really is the whole plot yeah um, and then you look at some more context stuff and that this is a play set in Corinth, which is a rival city-state to Athens, but it's a play written in Athens for Athenian citizens. Mm-hmm. And so it just becomes this other othering narrative that like, oh, the city of Corinth can't even get a real hero together. Yep. And it has to be the king of Athens who comes in and rescues everybody mm-hmm. at the end. And it's this is a play all about foreignness and, and otherness then. and place and i really wanted to center that in my discussion and i thought it was good and very it. useful
0: well you read a lot of things really i did read a lot yeah, of things that's a lot. Um, and
1: i'm not even touching the stuff i read from medieval lit yeah which you can catch up on in the from the front porch newsletter if you're a patron hooray yep
0: so that was october that was
1: october we did it somehow
0: somehow and
1: now i've just got to get through november
0: I hate that we say that. I know. But it is how I feel sometimes. I'm trying to, I'm trying really hard to, like, enjoy every day. Me too.
1: But. But it's not easy. It's not easy. And my next three weeks, if I can get through the next three weeks, I can get through the year. Yeah. I'll be okay. This is, this is my gauntlet. All right. Let's do it. out strong, but now we're coming up, thin. Oh, we cast a with all the devils of sin. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God.
0: From the front porch is a production of the Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in Thomasville, Georgia. It's produced by Annie Jones and Chris Jensen and edited by Chris Jensen. If you're interested in purchasing any of the books we've talked about in this episode, you can do so at www.bookshelfthomasville.com forward slash shop.
1: Big thank you to Forlorn Strangers for the use of our theme music. It's called Bottom of the Barrel from their album Forlorn Strangers. Learn more at forlearnstrangers.com. And hey, if you would like to support From the Front Porch on Patreon and gain access to exclusive bonus content, including a weekly newsletter, a secret monthly podcast called Unpopular Opinions, in which we get to talk about some fun things unfiltered, um, and deleted content from our show, you can do that at patreon.com slash porch. You can also check out our website, fromthefrontporchpodcast.com, for some exclusive web-only content and a full back catalog of our show. This week in the bookshelf, a funny thing happened.
0: A woman dressed up like a witch came in on Halloween, Mm -hmm. as you do, and wanted to know if we had a copy of The Crucible, which she then bought. Good. But I thought the irony. I just wanted a picture of that moment, and so I'm putting it here for us to have forever.
1: Forever. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week.